Hey, Mr. Bob. How you doing this yucky, rainy morning? Good morning, Mr. Kennedy. I've been sitting here in my rocker dodging raindrops, hoping somebody would stop and check on me. But enough about me. What's on your soggy schedule today? We just finished discussing the tension in Philadelphia before the revolution, and I wanted to move everybody's thoughts to Boston to see what was happening there. Are you talking the Tea Party? Exactly. And that it wasn't the Tea Party history has made it out to be. In fact, did you know that no one even called it the Boston Tea Party until over 50 years later? Yeah, Zach, I know. And the way I remember it... <laughs> You are listening to The World According to Mr. Bob, a historical fiction educational show based on true life events. Some sounds and language may be inappropriate. Listener discretion is advised. After telling the colonists in Philadelphia what he knew of the massacre, Johnny Franklin, Ben's cousin, returned to his home in Boston for the year-end holidays. What he found was a city still reeling from the hostilities and very much on edge. The scene picks up at the Old South Meeting House in Boston on a cold December night, where everyone gathered to find out if the town was going to get a new shipment of tea. Samuel Adams has his turn at the podium. This meeting can do no more to save the country. We need to take a stand against this tax and refuse to buy the king's tea. If we accept the principle of allowing parliament to tax us, they'll eventually make the taxes heavier on us. This cannot become our future. Let's stop the shipment. We'll close off the harbor to the British ships. No, we need to do more than that. We don't need the king's tea. No. Yes, I say we dump the king's tea in the harbor. And let's see how much tax he collects for it then. Wow, this place is still a hotbed of excitement, and not in a good way. This is the perfect time for me to talk to Francis Ackley and see if I can't get his Sons of Liberty to stir up a pot a little more. So later, that damp and foggy evening, Johnny makes arrangements to meet up with Francis Ackley and the Sons of Liberty at a dark candlelit street corner in South Boston, near the harbor. Hey, Francis, it's good to see you. It's been too long. Yeah. Haven't seen you around since last year's Seven Fishes dinner. Yeah, I've been out of town, visiting my cousin Ben in Philly. Things down there are getting a little hairy as well. So I've been hearing. So what? What's that got to do with me and the sons? You looking for a favor? Yeah, I am. Like I said, Francis, how about you and your sons of liberty arrange for, uh, let's say, a little party tomorrow night here on the wharf? I understand there's uh, three ships filled with the king's tea already docked. Wouldn't it be interesting if a bunch of, let's say, local Native Americans took it upon themselves to throw the king's tea overboard? Wink, wink, know what I mean, Francis? Yeah, yeah, okay, Johnny. Me and the boys can dress up like Indians and just dump all them crates overboard. That'll teach them. Hold on a second there, Francis. What's in it for us? This is for the revolution. We are taking a stand against the King of England and all of his outrageous taxes. Yeah, yeah. But what's in it for us? How about freedom? Yeah, freedom. Don't you worry, Johnny. Me and all the sons, we got you back. I know I can count on you guys. 
And don't you worry, there's no stool pigeon in this town. The very next night, December 16, 1773, under the cover of the lingering fog at Griffin's Wharf in Boston, the Sons of Liberty, dressed in Native American garb, found the harbor packed with ships docked for the night, ready to unload their cargo the next morning. So moving quickly, the Sons boarded one ship, then a second ship, and finally a third ship that all had tea aboard. They found the crates of tea to be too heavy to lift, so they broke them open, throwing just the tea itself overboard. Within the hour, the Sons of Liberty had thrown so much tea into the water, the entire harbor smelled like a pot of brewed tea. Hey, Francis. You sure we got the right stuff here? This tea feels and is looking awful green. Yeah, I don't see the king's stamp on these crates. That don't matter. These are crates filled with tea, right? Just dump the tea and let's get out of here. In true fashion, Johnny has shown up late to the party. With hundreds of crates already pried open and thousands of pounds of tea floating in the harbor, Johnny discovered a terrible mistake and takes off running down the dock. Stop, stop, what did you do? Did what you told us. You threw over the tea, can't you see? It smells good out here, don't you think so, Johnny? Did you ever look at the ship's names? You boarded American ships and threw over East Indian Company tea. That's the wrong tea. These are the wrong ships. You were supposed to throw tea overboard from the King's ships. Those ships are over there. So, uh, you saying we should go pick it all back up? Forget about it. We dumped your tea. We out of here. See you later, Johnny. Over Bunker Hill. Thanks for nothing, Francis. And that's kind of how I remember the way things went down, Zach. So they threw the wrong tea over, eh? <laughs> it's a funny twist of the story. The history books, they fail to mention that. I know, Zach. And for some reason, they always leave that fact out. They also never mentioned that when it was all over, there was so much tea in the harbor, the colonists had to use their boat oars to break it up. There was 92,000 pounds of tea in the water, and they had to ensure that it was all completely ruined. Man, what a waste. All that tea and not a drop to drink. But I guess that was the whole idea. Exactly. That was actually the first of many tea parties. They happened up and down the coast to the American colonies. It was really the first time the colonies started working together for their independence. Right. And when I'm done teaching the kids about the Boston Tea Party, next we'll discuss the First Continental Congress. It's wild how these different tea parties led the colonial delegates coming to Philadelphia to urge all the colonies to stop using all British goods. These committees were really the first conversations in how this country formed their own government away from the British. I think you're on the right track, Zach. As always, I'm glad you stopped by. Me too, Mr. Bob. Me too. According to Mr. Bob is created, written, and produced by Bob Staniszewski and Adam Staniszewski with associate producer Zach Kennedy. Recorded and mixed at Crooked Lane Sound in Cherry Hill, New Jersey by audio engineer and sound designer Adam Staniszewski. Episode number two of season one is titled The Boston Tea Party. The Sons of Liberty are performed by the rock band Primitives. 
Francis Ackley is played by Kyle Ranshaw. David P. Harvey III and Nat Wisely complete the Rebellious crew. Please check out the band's Instagram at PrimitivesNJ. Mr. Bob's graphics were designed by J.R. Farrell at Promotional Graphics Doylestown, PA. The theme songs are provided by Silent Partner and Ease Jammy Jams. For a full list of character and musical credits, please check out our website, theworldaccordingtomrbob.com. And while you're on the internet, please follow our Facebook page for updates. Hit the like and subscribe button on our YouTube channel. If you want to advertise or sponsor the show, please email us at worldofmrbob at gmail.com. Or to support Mr. Bob, PayPal him at worldofmrbob. Mr. Bob would greatly appreciate it. I'm Danielle Byrne, announcer extraordinaire. Thank you for listening and please tune in to the next exciting episode of The World According to Mr. Bob. This has been a Moon Ranger production.